And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello, everybody. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United Podcast. Thank you for being with us tonight uh, as we look back at a bad, a bad day in Birmingham. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that. But thankfully, there's another game to go ahead. We've got Tuesday uh, Tuesday night at home, back at New York with Preston. So, time to get back on the horse, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we have Mick with us. How's it going, Mick? All good, mate. All good. Thank you. You? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, just to let everyone know, will there be a bit of a mic rant later on, do you think? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there might be. Uh, Joy is back with us from London Mills. How are you doing, Joy? All right, fine. Thank you, lads. Nice to speak to you again. And Danny's back with us. How are you doing, Danny? How's your internet, first of all? Um, hopefully it's all right. No, it's not. <laughs> it was all right for the first thing you said. What? Hopefully. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, we've got people. Josh is with us. Oh, Carl's dear. with us. Kim Haywood. Michael Carnell. John Morell says, "What a wonderful weekend it's been." I'll try and find a block button for John in a moment if we can. Tell <laughs> me we that kind of positivity in the comments. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you all for being with us. Um, if you haven't already subscribed and all that kind of stuff, that we ask you to do. So thank you if you have already. Um, Difficult way to start then, to be honest with you. 2 0 defeat. Let's talk about the performance first of all before we talk about sort of some factors which contributed to the defeat. But the first half killed us, to be honest with you. I thought it was a poor from one to forty-five. I thought it was a really, really poor half. Really, really difficult to pick out any positives from that first half. I just thought it was bad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Well, I've closed down a few tabs that I had open, so hopefully the internet is working better now. <laughs> it seems like it seems good. It seems good. Right, good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I had a bit of slow start with internet, and we had a slow start, didn't we, in that game? <laughs> um, we seemed to lag behind Birmingham quite a bit for the opening stages, and 
left their play more or less completely unmarked on the um, left channel for their goal. Um, yeah, it was it was just just bad. One, that first half were bad, um, and mm. we, we made yeah. the changes at half time and we looked more up for it. But that first half, that was just oof. All I can say. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was a few more people with us: Dylan Coward, uh, Dick, Haley, Grace Kelly, Julian Simpson, Deep Grundy, all with us. Thank you very much. Um, it's a bit of a pattern of Matt Taylor so far, Joy. To be honest with you, for the most part, I think certainly since the turn of the year, it's been pretty good. But every so often, we have these games. Coventry, as another example, fairly recently, where mm. we're just bad. I mean, if if we stay up and you know everything goes, on, I, I, I suppose we can accept that. But it, it is a little bit of a theme that we have this performance in us. I know that first forty-five was it wasn't very good at all, was it? I mean. We were just like half a yard. I mean, do we give uh, the kudos to Birmingham for pressing mm. us as high as they did? And, you know, we just didn't have any time on the ball. We didn't seem to have any idea. Passing was poor. I mean, it was just all round. I mean, at least we improved in the second half. But then yeah. again, we couldn't get any worse, could we? Um, you know, and referee and decisions aside, it, you know, I don't think 2-0 was unfair when we went in at half time, to be brutally honest. No, I, I think I completely agree, Mick. Do, do you think that, that was fair, fair, fair result? But ignoring the issues of the decision making. Yeah, yeah, it was. We were just, we were just absolute dogmont, weren't we? Um, it, 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 you're right. We have got this. We have got this performance in us, um, and and it. I, I suspect the way that Matt Taylor's looking to play is quite easily found out by coaches who have a, have a good look. Uh, you know, beforehand, um, because they just they just completely nullified any possible threat that we might have had, um, to to the point where we threatened nothing at all, not at all, uh, probably for the whole game, arguably, uh, but certainly that first half we were just awful. Um, and you're right, we have got this performance in us, and it's it's obviously something that Matt Taylor's going to have to work on, um, but hopefully. Hopefully we have a reaction. Um, we had a reaction after the last poor performance, uh, and hopefully we'll have one after this. But um, that yesterday was not acceptable. Really poor. But I would argue you've probably got to give Birmingham some credit for uh, the way they, the way the way they just nullified any possible threat that we might have. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I think that's it. Unfortunately, this year. It's this consistency or lack of consistency, you know, like you say. I mean, the performances, like on the whole, since Christmas, since the new year, have been pretty on the on the on the up. You know, mm. they've been really good, particularly at home. But you know, we have the odd art, the odd hour, the odd half of a game, which we're just there's just no consistency. You know, mm. we all get excited. Our hopes are. Raised and to be dashed again, but then that's doing a rather of fun, isn't it? You know, it is. yeah, mm. what we do, what club. Um, John Merrill, like the points out, he did say that they would score in the first 15 minutes, and Kadra was one to watch. Yes, John, still, still haven't found that block button yet. Um, <laughs> let's dissect the first goal a little bit, Danny, because Mr. Harding is coming for a lot, a lot of stick, and I don't know what your views are on it. 
Um, just talking through the first goal, really. What, what, what were your thoughts on the overall play? And is anybody at fault? Was it just good play by Birmingham? What do you think? I think it was just a lapse in concentration as a whole, if I'm being honest. I mean, you can single out Wes for not getting close to his man on the flank and giving him far too much time on the ball to get the to get the cross in. But for me, it's, you know, you still have two ample opportunities to deal with that, Wes, and then when the ball comes in and we just dealt with neither, if I'm being honest. Um, Birmingham did look very dangerous down both flanks in the first half. Uh, I believe it was their number 18. He ran and was absolutely ragged down that right side early on and we had no response to him. Um, and it was the same story on the left side. And <clears throat> it shows that even though Wes has come under some stick, Taylor saw that he, he wasn't at his best on that side and Birmingham had the advantage over us because we switched things early um, down the left side by bringing Kelder off to deal with their player. Then the, the wide play sort of slowed down a little bit from Birmingham after that. Um but yeah, that that first goal, it was just it, one of them goals where it's just like, oh, you know, we've seen that against Sunderland, you know, mm. where it's it's we sort of cop for it a bit, and it's just led for a goal. But John said on the previous podcast, Birmingham are notorious for opening the scoring within fifteen minutes, and they did exactly that. And that should really be down to the whole team to know and deal with and think. Right, if we keep it fifteen minutes, we're in with a chance, and we just didn't. And I think I think Wes is copying it because you know he made the obvious error in not getting close to his man, and we know what Twitter's like. As soon as they see ample opportunity to um, go off at someone and point the finger, they go for it. But I think with Wes, it's a little bit unfair, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, a few comments. Obviously, says Harding was woeful. Uh, Jerry Ann Simpson says Harding and Chio were at fault. Harding lost his man, and Chio no backup. John Mell says he would blame Harding. It was shocking defending to our cadre to cut inside far too easy. Jukovic's other player was never going to run him. Uh, yeah, that's what Joey, Wes could have done better. I, I'm, I'm not disputing that Wes could, couldn't have done better, but he was left hung out, hung out to dry by Chio or whoever was else meant to be helping him. Um, but that's how it is. It's a team game. You know, he's, he's, le- he's left two on. He's left with two men. His options were limited. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't let him do it, but he had to. He was just trying to slow slow them, I think, a little bit, and it just failed. I mean, the thing is, you know, there's more than Wes in the team, isn't there? You know, the thing is, um, Kadra is a good player. I mean, he was on mm. loan at uh, United, wasn't he, earlier this season? Or was it last season? I can't remember. And I was surprised to find him turning up at Birmingham, given mm. the situations they're finding themselves in. Um, so, go figure there. But, you know, he had the freedom of St Andrews, didn't he, down that side? Yeah. Uh, you know, and yes, Wes could have been a little bit tighter. Chia could have been backing up, which is not, you know, Chia does you normally do a good uh, defensive mm. uh, backup role, but I don't know if they were caught cold because it was so early on in the game. But I've noticed that quite a few games that in that first five, ten minutes, we're not at the races, not just this yeah. game, but on a few occasions. And, we, you know, we're not at the races. It doesn't seem five, ten minutes. Uh, of, of most games, if you if you look back, mm. yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Mick. Um, where's Harding? Discuss. <laughs> it, it, it's easy. It's easy, and it? let's just blame Wes. He's he's the scapegoat at the moment, so we'll just blame Wes. It's, it's dead simple. Then we just get on with it, don't we? And that's how it seems to be. You know, I mean, Danny said he should have he should have closed his man down. Which one? 
which one of the two that he was left with should he have closed down, you know? We talked about this in the last game, particularly with Lee Peltier when he's playing on that right side of the, 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 the back two. He gets drawn across to the opposite side, leaving, leaving whoever's playing at right back high and dry. And that's what happened with this goal because obviously the ball was switched across 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 field ball, a really good ball, but it left Wes high and dry with two men. Uh, yes, he should have been tighter. Yes, he shouldn't have shown him inside. Absolutely. Um, but to, to, to just lay all the blame at his feet is just typical of of, of, of some modern-day football supporters. You know, we've got to have somebody to blame for everything that goes wrong. He didn't have a good game, Wes, but nobody had a good game. He was no worse than anybody else. Um, and yet... The only blame that I, for me, that you attach to him for that goal is for allowing him to cut back inside. But it was a great finish, a fabulous finish. Well, it was a great shot, yeah. Um, and you know, it's I don't know, I don't know. Pick your man up, Wes. Which one? Which one shall I pick up? Because if I pick him with the ball, Kadra with the who's got the ball, then he's going to just knock it sideways to somebody to the, to the other lad who's with him, and he's free. And then that's that'll be Wes's fault as well, you know. I find it really bizarre that we just seem to have to have a scapegoat all the time. All the time. You know, it was Tom Eaves, and now Tom Eaves is not playing, so we'll move on to somebody else and so on and so it, and on and on it goes. Players make mistakes. Wizarding is not a bad footballer. You don't become a bad footballer. He's been excellent for us over the past few years. He's having a bad run of form. And things like this, instances like this don't help, clearly. Um, but I, I can't get my head around why we have to pull people apart all the time. It just it does my boxing, to be honest. Um, it, it was a good goal, a well worked goal. The crossfield ball was excellent. It exposed the defender, exposed our defender to, to, to two players to an overload on that side. He cut inside, he found corner, fantastic finish. Yeah, that's it. You know, let's not get hung up on having to have somebody to blame. Just it does me head in. Sorry. I, 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 can't, I can't I can't get it. I can't get my head around it at all. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. A, a lot of this stick, Danny, as if you look on social media, is a lot of people saying, oh, Wes don't want to be here anyway. He's returned down this contract, this, that, and the other. And we talked about this, Matt Tiller saying this at the time, whenever it was in January, when Matt Tiller came out and said that these players essentially have no interest in signing a new contract. And we said at the time, I think that's a careless thing to say because it puts added pressure on the players. Put added pressure on Chio, Balasa left. This is, this, is, this is a consequence because all those fans from those comments take is, oh, Wes don't want a beer. But that's not necessarily the case, number one. And number two, it doesn't make him any less of a professional. Yeah, he's going through a bad spell. But I don't think the bad spell has anything to do with him going, ah, I'm not going to play for this club, sod it. I, I think it stems from that a little bit, the discourse and the fans added into his performances as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think if Wes well and truly didn't want to be here and he wanted to get out of his contract as soon as possible, then, you know, we'd terminate it mutually and give the payout to him. Mm. So <clears throat> that that is an option if Wes well and truly doesn't want to be here, and we've still got ten games left, so it could possibly be on the table if Wes well and truly wants out of the club. But I don't think he does. I still think he wants to play. It's just that his future lies elsewhere. You know, when he runs his contract down, um, 
it doesn't mean he doesn't want to play as many minutes as he can because part of the thing that attracts you to football is playing football. Mm. You know, like, yes, I get some players are more about money and themselves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but with a club of our size, if you are, if you have a big ego, for example, one person who did have a big ego that ended up just not playing um, the final few games of a season, like, Wes, I don't think Wes would be like that. Wes is one of those people where he's, he's committed to the team. But, yes, it, 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 yes, because yes, Taylor said that thing. Yes, we all, we all, we're all thinking that Wes doesn't want to be here. I think he does. And I think, A, there was the added pressure of his previous club there <clears throat> as well. B, he did get flung out to dry, like you say, by Peltier a little bit. Um, so, again, it comes back to me saying he's getting some unfair stick. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Josh Inslee says, get Kyoso in at right back. This is another... You know, ingredient to add into the mix there, Joy. We all, we, I think as fans, we all are still excited to see Kyoso. We've still not properly seen him. What we've seen, he's done quite well. Um, and then Wes is not playing amazingly and still getting to Kyoso. That's feeding into another bit of frustration, I suppose, from, from fans. Yeah, and I mean, Kyoso had done nothing wrong, did he, when he went off injured at Luton? Yeah. Uh, you know, because he went off with the boot on and we didn't obviously hurt his ankle again. And, and we've not seen him since, but obviously he's been fit for some time now. He wasn't on the bench, but uh, because we've got other injuries, he's found himself back on the bench. And you can understand people's uh, viewpoint if they see that Wes is not performing to his high standards that he has previously. Why not give uh, Kyoso a go? Because you know, Kyoso didn't do anything wrong from what I see in previous performances up until this point. So you can see the argument and you can see why people would latch on to that. But we don't see them in training every day, do we? We we don't know what's going on. We don't know what the tactical boards are, etc. You know, Matt, that's Matt Taylor's remit and his staff. Um, so they obviously have their reasons for why Kyoso isn't in. I mean, I couldn't hazard to guess at what they would or wouldn't, may or may not be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe one might see him on Tuesday. Who knows? True. Mm. Uh, very true. Uh, do you see how I move weird for that move on to you now, Mick? Do you, do you, can you think what I'm going to ask you about? Um, <laughs> Mike the Miller, before we start, Mike the Miller says players make mistakes. Yes, they do, Mick. So do referees. But yeah, they are so often. <laughs> Mick. <laughs> um, hang, on, hang on. Look what I found in the drawer earlier. <laughs> Big man. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yeah, Jeff Eltringham, the referee. couple of key decisions that he, well, certainly one that he got wrong. Second one's he's obviously up for debate. The first one's the corner that's given for the second goal. There's not much to analyse, to be honest with you, Mick. He's made a mistake and he's given a corner when he shouldn't have done. That's the top and bottom of it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's as simple as that. <clears throat> he's got a clear view of it and he's, he's made the wrong decision. It's, it's, it's that simple. Um, I mean, that didn't cost us the goal. What cost us the goal was shoddy defending. Uh, but obviously we should have been taking a goal kick rather than a than than defending a corner. So, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot else you can say about it. Um, I don't know what he thinks he's seen. Um, he, he obviously assumes that Chio has, has, has touched the ball. Um, he, he was one of the only twenty one of twenty three people on the pitch. He was the only one that thought Chio had. Mm. Everybody else, including the Birmingham City players, were off walking back towards. Uh, towards certain circles, so nobody, nobody expected the corner to be given. But it is what it is, isn't it? You know, it's going to happen. 
Um, and I, I, I was screaming it as much as, 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 as an X-Man that it was a, a shocker of a decision. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't his worst decision of the game by, 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 by some distance. Um, but, but yeah, it was a poor, poor call. Poor call. But you've got to defend it better. I yeah. mean, you know, you're going to get corners given against you, whether or not they, whether or not they should be given. I, I can't understand why. You, well, we've talked about this as zonal marking and stuff, haven't we? From corners, yeah. don't work. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know you're just saying. Um, it, it's it, it, and for different circumstances, Joy. But it flashed back to the second corner at Reading when Wes gave away a needless corner. As soon as the corner was given, I thought, you know what, they're going to score from this. You just had that feeling in your bones. And then you can't excuse the defending. The defending from the corner is so, so bad. We had two or three chances to clear it. It's just mm-hmm. it's just really bad defending again. Yeah, I mean, I agree totally with what Mick said. I mean, yeah, you, it, the ref made a horrendous decision. You know, it wasn't a corner. We all saw that. Everybody was screaming. And... Uh, but it was given. But then, like you said, the defence, it, it just went haywall, didn't it? Mm. You know, and I mean, the guy that scored, he, from what I can understand, it, it wasn't it a defender? I think so, yeah. Perhaps John can tell us, I don't know. But he looked as shocked as anybody that he actually got through to him, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. yeah. Just bad. Uh, let's move on to the second part of the re- of the refereeing debate, Danny, um, and that is <laughs> Jordan Hugel and Austin Trusty. I think his name was. Uh, they were at each other all afternoon. To be fair, this this was an ongoing battle throughout the game. There's a cu- there was a couple of instances where we could have had a penalty. I will defend the referee a little bit here and saying from w- one angle, it looks like that Hugel has a little bit of Trusty's shirt. Now, I'm not sure the referee could see that, to be honest, from, from his viewpoint. But if the referee has seen that, then I can maybe understand why he didn't give a penalty. Um, I still think it is a penalty. Uh, what were your view on it, Danny? Well, thank you for moving away from <clears throat> their second goal, because I missed it, because I went down for a coffee, because I was annoyed already. <laughs> I came back up, and, and our last says to us, oh, yeah, you missed a goal, and it wasn't even a corner. All right, sound. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, <clears throat> before I talk about um, Hugo's ongoing man-marking incident with Trusty. Um, The thing about uh, Billick having his front tooth out. Uh, Yeah. yeah. That was bad, that. Yeah, that was bad, but it wasn't a sending off because it was no way intentional. You know, who was it who had his his, um, tooth out for us? Was it um, Sean Raggett? I think it might have been Raggett, yeah. Yeah, and their player only got a booking because it wasn't intentional, but yeah, he's gonna have to have a false two from looking for the lad. Um, but yeah, his ongoing battle. We um, was it trusty? Did you say? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. From my perspective, in the away end, it's a blatant penalty because trusty drags him down, effectively. Um, and then they both get back up, carry on, and then a few minutes later, it happens again. And it's just like if it's happened once, and you think they've got over each other's shirt, fair enough. Right, but second time around, and they do it again. It's it. It has to go one of two ways. You can't let it go twice. Either the trustee's committed the foul, or Eltringham thinks Hugo's committed the foul. To let it go twice with no reprimand whatsoever, like we've seen Ollie Rathbun jumping up and down on the pitch 
when a decision isn't made. I was jumping up and down at the back of the away end because the decision wasn't made. And I think I've have the 1300 millers that were there were jumping up and down as well because it 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 was just frustrating and a few decisions that I saw because I didn't see the the second goal really wound you up because it's like that's just not you know I mean it's either soft and it's been given for Birmingham and we have something that's a little bit more blatant and nothing happens or some or some decision just goes completely against you and it's like well how's that happen then and it just it just wound me up. That's all it was. And I said this on the other podcast: the travel, uh, the trip down and back was a m- much more entertaining than the football itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, joy on penalties. I like them where you've got to, you've got no. You, it's got to be a penalty. The referee's got to be certain of it. If if the, if the referee thinks that that they're pull, pushing and pulling each other, then that's the reason for his decision. I think it's massively Hugo being being pulled more than the other, um, but I don't know. It, it, yeah, what are your thoughts, Troy? Um, I personally thought it was a penalty. I didn't think it was actually that much dissimilar to the one that Dicky did on Hugo in the QPR game. To be brutally mm. honest, mm. you know, I mean, there was a lot of argy bargy between them two all match, and I don't know if it's. Hugo's reputation or whatever, but he, you know, has he is he, has he got one for you know getting up the noses of uh, centre halves and you know mm. being six of one half a dozen of the other? I mean, again, we don't know what sort of uh, stories go around refereeing circles, do we? I mean, do they meet up and say, you know, what Hugo? You know, he's a bit dodgy. He might be pulling shirts six of one half a dozen of the other, a bit like Ogbeni mm. falling down, you know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> who knows because there just seem to be these decisions that are made arbitrarily from my perspective I mean yeah I mean I'm looking through different coloured glasses because I support yeah. Rotherham so I want it to be a Rotherham penalty but you know is it you know was it you know had it been given I could see where a Birmingham fan would say yeah yeah mm. but then again they might have thought they got away with one I don't know again what did John think you know, it'd be interesting to see it from the you know an interpretation from the other side. Mm. Yeah, uh, John Morell says just first of all, on the a dolphin kicking somebody in the face. Uh, um, he doesn't need to be in, in tools. He is seriously endangering an opponent, which is a red card by the rules. He also says if we're claiming a pe- that was a, that was a penalty, they should have had one too. Yeah, I, I don't think the referee, in terms of the, the holding in the box, I just don't think the referee dealt with it very well. Uh, he didn't. He didn't push it one way or another. You know, you've seen other games where they, these issues are dealt with. This isn't an ongoing issue. We have every single game. This was a, a sort of one-off incident in this game. So, I think the referee could have dealt with it better, Mick. Whether that was giving a penalty both ways, both instances, or giving fouls either way, I, I just don't think he dealt with the pushing and pulling very well. I think I'm going to upset Mike here um, because I think the way the referee dealt with that incident. That incident, there were two or three in quick succession. Mm. Um, and at the thir- at the very first one, the way that the referee dealt with it from from the first one onwards was incompetent and complete incompetence. And I'll tell you why I said that. It's because at the very first one, he pulled Hugel and Trusty to one side. He spoke to both of them about pulling sent them on the way 
and then trusty rugby tackles Hugo to the floor and he ignores it. Mm. If you're going to speak to him and you're going to tell him not to do it, when they do do it, you have to do something about it. If you don't, it's what's the point? It's a penalty. There is no question, there's no ifs, there's no buts, it's a penalty. It's a rugby tackle. It's literally rugby tackled him to the floor. And not only that, on one of the occasions, I don't know whether it was the first one or the second one, he then laid on him while he was on the floor to stop him getting up. He did that a few times. If you're going to have a word with players about and tell them not to do a specific thing, when they do that specific thing, 30 seconds later, you have to penalise them. Or don't talk to them. Don't mention it. Don't deal with it. But you, you you're pulling them to one side, telling you telling them you're going to deal with it, and then don't. I, I mean, what what is the point? It's 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 really poor, really poor. Um, it was just incredibly inconsistent again. Another one, you know, there was an instance where he gave a, he gave a free kick in the first half against uh, Cameron Fries for climbing. Hmm. It's arguable whether it were climbing or not. But give it, if you're going to give it, give it. But be consistent. Because five minutes from time, Cam Humphreys climbed all over a Birmingham player, rode him for five yards down the touchline, and he gave us a throw-in. Yeah. And it was it was an absolute blatant climbing all over his back. Far more blatant than the first one. It, it, it was ridiculous. Just, if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you, make it, if you set a precedent... Maintain that precedent. It's not difficult. That part of it is not difficult. You know, I can almost forgive giving the corner. Players foot moves towards it. Maybe angles. You know. You know. I can. I can understand it. But when you have a word with a player and say, "Do not do this," I'm watching you. When they go and do it, you just ignore it. I, don't, I can't. I can't get me around it. It, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, and and it's little things like that that are that frustrate football supporters. And I understand. Again, I'll I'll, I'll qualify. It's a tough job. It's not an easy job, and it's not a job that I would want to do. But you nail your course at mast, and then turn your back on it and walk away. What's the point? Mm. You know, it's just it's not good enough. It's not acceptable. But. Uh, that, having said all that, none of those things are why we lost the game. Probably we get a penalty, maybe it changes the game, maybe, but I would doubt that very much. Mm. Yeah, uh, based on the based on the ninety minutes, but you've got to you've got to stand on if you're gonna if you're gonna pull some up, stand on, mm. deal with it. Yeah. Um, back of the football, Danny John Morell. I think this is a really good point. It says the key for him was that Dean and Birmingham dealt with Hugo quite well. We couldn't deal with Jukovic. Now that is true, but I have a problem with that in that Jukovic is nothing special. He is a good, a good solid championship big lad. You know, he'll cause he'll cause you a bit of physical problems. But if you're a good defense, you should be able to deal with somebody like that. And in fact, he must have our number because every time we play Birmingham, he, he does well against us every single sod in time. Um but that's a problem. Again, going for this this maybe for next season, to be honest with you, assume we stay up, but You've got to be better against those type of players. If you've got Cam Humphries, for example, he's still he's still progressing his career. He, he, if Cam Humphries is going to be as good as we think he is, 
you need to be able to find a way to man to sort out something like Jukovic because he is a bog standard championship player. Maybe like similar to Hugel, he's a championship player, not top end. We need to find ways of dealing with players like that. Yeah, uh, we definitely do. I mean, could argue that if we had someone you know like Morrison or Wright or. But in the defence, someone who's like been at the club a little bit as well. I mean, we did have Peltier in there, but we he's more of you know your right side, and, mm. and we've deployed him out as a right back more recently. So if you had more of your stereotypical Championship centre half, maybe they deal with Jukovic better. Maybe they don't. Um, but you raise a good point. I do think that Jukovic's uh, team talk is you're against Rotherham, go and do you battle. You know because he always does well against us, and it, yeah, it's something we should deal with. Um, but they're the lessons we learn in the championship, and Matt Taylor's new to the championship. Hopefully, he's learnt that lesson. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I do think second half we came on a lot. We put Birmingham under a lot of pressure, but it showed how good their defence were Very by good. riding out that pressure. Because the, there was that solid spell where we just kept getting corner after corner after corner. So fair play if you had over seven corners, because your money will have come in for that. But when we have that level of pressure, you need to capitalise on it and find a way through it. We didn't, and Birmingham dealt with the pressure uh, to the point where uh, near the end of the second half, we looked like we were flagging because we put them under so much pressure hmm. and just didn't get anything from it. Because whilst, whilst they were under the cosh a little bit, I thought, hey, we could we could still nick a goal here, even though we've been denied two penalties and we've been ragged about a bit. I was like, hey, we could still score here, but as the game petered off towards the end, it's like, mm, potentially not. You know, that that was our time and Birmingham dealt with us, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, fair play to them for dealing with us. Mm. See, I'm yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, far out by the first half, Joy, we should give Matt Taylor credit for changing it up at half-time. Uh, a Dauphin came off for Jamie Lindsay and Yelda came off for Washington and went to a 3-5-2, basically. Um, and for 15, 20 minutes, they were properly on the cushion. I think if we'd have got one, I think we'd have got two because I just felt the momentum was with us. But they they stood up to the test. And we still didn't really create anything other than corners and set pieces. I mean, if you've got Harley Dean in your defence, you, you should be quite good at defending set pieces because he's a big lad who can command the area quite well. Um, but we did put him under pressure, and I suppose that deserves a bit of credit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to give credit to their defence. I mean, like you say, like what you and Johnny have said, that, it was really intense. I mean, we should, you know, if we're going to have seven corners, you want to see some, you know, outcome from it and, and have a goal. But it, like you said, it, so you've it, gone it, quiet, Joy. Have we? There you go. Be there, there we go. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you said, it was an intense period of pressure, but even though it was, we didn't look like we were ever going to put it in the back of the net, did we? Mm. You know, I, I mean, I didn't think like, you know, I was like, it's coming, it's coming. You know, it's going to happen any time now. You know, we had the, the, the – but, again, their defence, you've just got to hold your hands up and say, you know, they had they had our number, didn't they? Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, a couple of comments in here. Mike the Miller says, not upset with, with you, mate. Don't agree with the word you used to describe the referee, which was incompetent. <laughs> he would use the word very poor, phrase very poor, but we're all entitled to opinion. Mm. Um, Michael Carnell on the fact of the penalty says he thinks if, if that was given the other way around to Birmingham Birmingham fans wouldn't have had any uh, would, I wouldn't have any complaints although uh, I will I will say something about the penalties I think if we'd have got a penalty for one of the two Hugel things I think he would have given the penalty to Birmingham later on I think he didn't give Birmingham the penalty soft as it looked from the away end he didn't give it 
because there was such an uproar about our two penalties. Like, oh, I can't give that, can I? You know, if, 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 I remember that one end. The, it, 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 was a, it was a long way of running for it, and it, and I think he's all he's he's basically been bodied off the ball by Humphreys. And was that Hannibal that went down? I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. He's lucky not to get booked, sideshow. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think Dan's probably right, though. I think if he gives that, I think he's looking for an excuse to go away. He's just seemed not that type of referee. Yeah, really I, I, I mean, but like you say, like you say, Mick, I agree with you because look at how he tried to hold up the play in his own half, his own corner flag, by the way, which is very. I've not seen oh, that right. before. That was very yeah. odd, uh, and that well, was a very soft foul that was given by the linesman. It wasn't a foul. No, it wasn't. But the line gave yeah. it. I mean that 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 I don't know what on earth that linesman were doing. I don't. <laughs> I, it was just the most bizarre decision. One of the most bizarre decisions I've ever seen. Because um, Hannibal was was backing into the Rotherham player, obviously holding the ball, trying to keep it in the corner, and he just sort of bent his knees a little bit just to get his get a little bit more purchase to to to, to push back. And there was no there was, there was just nothing at all, nothing. And 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 they started flagging, mm. and and yet, five minutes earlier, when Chio got brought down by the face right next to him, where the lines yeah. had to jump out of the way, he never gave a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was a bizarre decision that one. Really, the, the, really. There was cool. there was the incident as well with Hannibal where he's effectively leaning into Chio and wants a free kick for it, but he gives a throw for us. It's like, mm, yeah. yeah. So at least the referee was on the money with that one. Uh, but yeah, like I say, I, I just think that if he'd have given one of the two penalties to us, he would have given the one to Birmingham. Mm. People were right. It was just um, the, it was just the ground that the referee set for himself. That that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Morell says I was, he, he was surprised that midfield, their midfield in the second half with three kids, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty year olds, and in there, and not once to put a, put, a, put a bit of pressure on. We lost the midfield battle again, Mick. There's there is a creativity problem. In this team, if Tarek Fossil didn't particularly turn up yesterday, to be honest, he had, he had the odd moment, but he didn't turn up, and he didn't turn up, so we didn't turn up in, a, in an attacking sense, and that's a problem for me. Fossil was an amazing player, uh, and he will have good games, but he'll also have bad games. We need to find different ways of scoring goals, and we're really struggling for that without it going through Fossil at the minute. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, Connor Coventry didn't really make much of an impact on the game. Fosso, as we've as we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast, you know he 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 he, he kind of drifts in and out of games. Um, when he's on it, boy, is he on it! But when he's not, you know he, he's anonymous for 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 big parts of the game. Um, so he's playing in a position which I think he's probably not used to necessarily in that central role. He's more he's more of a wide player, isn't he? So. Whether that's having an effect on it, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he, he, there was nothing there in that midfield yesterday. In fact, off the top of me, it's difficult to remember who played in there. You know, Coventry, we didn't really see very much of. Dauphin went off at half time and Jamie Lindsay came on. He didn't have much of an impact on the game. Um, Fosso, as we've said, didn't really have much of an impact on the game. Fergie, hardly any impact on the game. You know, it, too many players, well, I guess there's too many players had an off day. Nobody really had an on day, did they? With with probably the exception of Victor, mm. Uh, mm. only had a couple of three things to do, and, and two of them were pick ball out of the back of net because the people in front of me had not done the job properly. So bad bad day at the office. 
Mm. Yeah. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, John Rell says his free kick was found in Digbeth, which I assume was somewhere <laughs> near Birmingham. Um, <laughs> it was that bad. Um, Shelley says it's no coincidence these performances come without Rathbone and Hall. When Rathbone are out, we massively miss Ollie. Yeah, I think that's another person who creates something, Danny. You know, we're not blessed with creativity from... 1 to 25 in the squad or wherever it is. And we are missing Rathbone, who looks like he's not going to be back until after the international break, which is a big blow. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but it's good that it's not something a little bit more serious with Ollie. If I'm, if I'm being honest, you know, looking at maybe two to three games out just after international break, which, you know, isn't too bad for Ollie, which means he can get going again later in the season. I mean, Radio Sheffield said the exact same to me. It's going to be a big miss without Ollie. And it's like, yeah, because he's the traction engine in midfield and he has that impact. But you can see how well we can play when everybody turns up, when you've got the midfield of Adolf in Coventry uh, and Fozu, because we saw that against QPR. But at the same time, when those players have an off day, which, like you say, a lot of the team did have an off day, other than Victor, that's where it starts to come apart. You know, it's a midfield three where everybody needs to be switched on mm. but if they're not switched on that's when you're missing a player like Ollie who would really gear them up and get them going both for his own effort and with him with the armband getting everybody else going as well don't get me wrong I like Hugo's captain but I just think Ollie's better because yeah. if you have a captain in midfield they can dictate every which way whereas if you have a striker as captain sort of looking backwards but you have, if you have a goalkeeper as captain they're sort of always looking forwards you know, that, that, that for me it has to be a centre half or a midfielder. That's just me, though. Yeah. Um, Phil says midfield creativity is our Achilles heel. Yeah, it is. Uh, Michael Connell says, What I noticed about Fosso is he'll play two or three games and he is awesome, and then maybe one or two bad ones. Hmm. To be honest with you, Joy, I'm fine with that because we can't just rely on one guy to do everything all the time. You know, if, if, he, was, if he was amazing every single game, he'd be playing for Burnley or something like that. You've got to accept that he's not going to be perfect every single game and somebody else needs to take up that mantle of being of doing something creative. Um, the, we just lack that, don't we? We lack the personnel to sort of take up that when he's not on it. I mean, and you've got to also think that Foster has come to Rotherham United and, you know, not being rude about our club, are we, you know, we're not at the top of the pecking order, are we, when it comes to creative midfielders, let's be honest. <laughs> so that fits in with, you know, he's having two or three good games and one dodgy game. Let's hope that's his dodgy game and the two games coming up are going to be his 
awesome games because we need those two. I mean, these two games coming up, I think, are quite key to um, what, what happens subsequently in the rest of the season. But, you know, I mean, obviously, we've lost Dan. You know, he was our creative spark with spraying his uh, passes around in his quarterback fashion. Coventry's not that guy. I mean, A, he's that little bit younger. And I understand that he wasn't very well, was he, either? And no, he had tonsillitis. So that might have been a little bit why he was below par as well on Saturday. So hopefully, you know, a few more antibiotics down his neck. He might be feeling a little more sprightly on Tuesday. So, you know, but I agree. Um, the creativity aspect is, you know, where we're going to get that from going forward. I don't know. Is it something that we've just got to accept that this is the way it is for the remainder of this season with what we've got, obviously? Um, having said that, I mean, I did think that uh, when Blackett came on, he, he uh, put Ooh. a couple of decent pieces did, yeah. together and out uh, of defence. So, you know, maybe, who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's something that going forward, we're going to have to look at finding someone to fill that well, that's the gap going forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, John Morell says that we did seriously miss the midfielder who can put the foot on the ball, then they seem to bypass the field most of the time, which obviously gave us no platform to build upon. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Fosso has been better at home than it has been away from home as well. Two games at home, so hopefully. Um, wasn't the great, isn't the greatest pitch at Birmingham? I wonder if Fosso needs a bit of a carpet to play on. I don't know how good the New York pitch is. Um, let's move away from Rotherham United very briefly before we talk about the Preston game. We need to talk about the millions of points deductions that are potentially coming from the championship <laughs> that do do impact us. We have we, we will briefly cover them. Wigan have not played their players for the fourth time in I think twelve months. They are set for an immediate three point deduction. Covid could, could eventually be worse, but I think it's just an immediate twelve point deduction. And Huddersfield could very well be in administration. By Thursday, if they are in administration by Thursday, they will get off by twelve point deduction. Um, Burnley are under a transfer embargo, but that's just a bit pointless. Um, it's under a, uh, they're under a transfer embargo until the next summer window. So it's like okay, so they can't sign free agents. Well, they're under a transfer. They're under an EFL transfer embargo until they're not an EFL club anymore. Um, so. Right. Okay. <laughs> so. Which will be very shortly. Right, so surely instead of going, oh, you're under an EFL transfer embargo, but it'll come into effect the next time you're in the EFL. <laughs> that's That sounds like more of a thing of, oh, you're under a transfer embargo, but well, we're not going to be here in summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think, to be fair with Burnham, I don't think it's a major issue. I think it's just an accounting issue. So not, Yeah, not it's, um, it's an audit thing yeah. about not doing the books, just something yeah. to do with them after coming down from the Premier League. So finance things, you know. Mm. Uh, on the Wigan and Huddersfield stuff, though, Mick, without delving too much into their issues, I mean, we were waving the red flag about the Wigan thing when they first didn't pay the players. Um, it was a major red flag. It's turned out to be a major red flag. I don't know if you've seen this, but he put out a tweet yesterday. The Talal, I can't remember, I can't remember his name. He put out a tweet, and somebody's now suggesting that it was an AI written statement. It wasn't actually a statement written by himself. It's, it's, uh, it's. Well, have you read it? I have read it, yeah. I read it at the time. It didn't say anything. No, it didn't say anything. No, and the serious for me, the serious worries about that club and the way they're being run. I didn't trust him at the time when he came, and it seems it all seemed odd at the time, and everything that's happened since then that he's done and not paid the players. I, I am I am genuinely worried about what's happened to their club. 
because yeah. I want to be back to having after any club, especially with the crap that they've been through as well. That you know, two years ago without that first administration, they've been so so much crap. Their fans. Yeah, I feel for Wigan fans. I really do. You know, they're a decent club, they're a decent set of supporters, um, and they don't deserve to have to be put through this uh, time and time again. But that seems to be the way a lot of football owners are at the moment. Into you know, we said last season. I think we said about the red flags that uh, were flying at Wigan. And 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 the you know that we again here we are probably twelve months later and we're still not paying players or paying staff. Um, it it doesn't make a lot of sense and there's obviously some major issues behind the scenes somewhere. Um, and 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 likewise with Huddersfield. I mean, we said I seem to remember the pre-season uh, podcast we I talked about Huddersfield mm. and the issues that they'd had in the in the the, the close season. In terms of finances, you know they made the the, the the playoffs the season before, but there were there were red flags in that in that um, in that close season about finance and getting rid of players, and it was clear that they were going to be in trouble this season. Um, and and here we are, coming towards the back end of it, and lo and behold, they are. You know, um, it's it's not great, is it? It's not great for for the supporters. I mean, from from a purely mercenary footballing point of view, for us, it's great because it's two clubs that are going to be on less points. And, and if we have an absolute disaster of the last 10 games, then, you know, it should it will help us. Hopefully that's not even that's not going to be an issue, but um, it's still not great. And I guess the overspending of, of, of owners is coming home to roost and also... The EFL's ability to um, pick owners—I can't—that's not the right word, is it? But assess, vet uh, new yeah. owners is also being shown up to be not fit for purpose. Mm. Um, so it's um, it's not great for the supporters of these clubs, though. Not good, at, not great at all. No, it, it does enforce the need for this independent panel or what independent commission, whatever, to come in and vet these people properly. Um, yeah, from a Rotherham United view, Danny, point of view, it takes a little bit of pressure off, to be honest with you, because we're sitting here now saying that probably two of those two of those spots are done. You know, if, if Huddersfield get 12 points, they are done. There's no questions about that. Wigan, it's only three points, that, but that would put us 11 points clear with 10 games left. So we're, we're sitting here saying that then that helps us, but it's not. It seems like every season there's about fifty points taken off teams at Championship. It's just becoming a consistent joke. Yeah, it is, uh, and I mean you've got Reading facing six as well, yeah. aren't you? So that could be another team that's drawn back into it. Um, it's just for, it's just the gap that opens up between going to the Premier League and coming back down. A lot of clubs now cannot handle it because mm. the sudden influx of money is so big. So it then in, bloats everything out of proportion in the Premier League. And then if you don't stay in the Premier League, you've got, what is it, three years of three, parachute yeah. payments? At least three. Yeah, um, of parachute payments to effectively get your send stabilised. Right? But the only way to stabilise that is to go back into the Premier League in a lot of clubs' mm-hmm. views. So it's a. Anyway, uh, so yeah, for clubs like Wigan and Huddersfield who are. are just trying to build up. Wigan, you can understand because it's like a little bit iffy with the owner situation, but with Huddersfield, they've come off parachute payments 
and mm. it has really affected them to the point now where it's not sustainable and they're looking at administration. But you say it occupies two relegation spots. Potentially, yeah, but there's still one left, isn't there? Um, yeah, there is. When did you see Blackpool on Saturday? Yeah, yeah but you, you see my point. It's not It's not over until somebody sings, you know what I mean? It, mm. it, there's still that one place there, so we need to concentrate on the run we've got in front of us, which is now a run of teams that we haven't beaten at all this season. Might play into our hands, might play against us, but we need to concentrate on ourselves and just bag as many points as we can in the process. Like let Blackpool do their thing, and and Cardiff and whoever else is down there. Um, yeah, Birmingham were. Yeah, Birmingham were. Just, just let them do their thing and concentrate on our thing. Yeah, keep an eye on it, but don't let it influence our performances. We just need to keep our heads down and go right. Play with in front of you, get as many points as you can. Mm. I still think we'll be all right, like, but there's still one space left, you know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Drumming on the Birmingham situation, Sean Maloney's press conference after the game said it all. You could tell by his body language, they were, they were toast. They actually had a fans forum, I think, on Thursday about everything, and everything was, you know, sunshine and roses. And then two days later, they're not playing the players. I mean, just, you just don't know what to do with some room. Um, Shelley's noticed how they're all ex Prem clubs. And Jamel says West Brom are the ones to watch if they don't go up this season. They're in serious uh, trouble. Admin could be the best thing come because of many, many things. Yeah, Joy, we've been there. We've been there before. Um, I think I feel like our, our misgivings were maybe slightly more honest than other clubs, but that maybe just the Rotherham hat being on. Um, we, we we don't wish points deduction on anybody, but this is this is football. This is the EFL. I mean, and as was just pointed out, I've noticed that they're all ex-premiership clubs, aren't they? You know, mm. Cardiff are down there, Blackpool yeah. ex-prem, Huddersfield, Wigan, and relatively recently, all of them. Mm. And, um, mm. you know, QPR. Yeah. yeah. See, Dr. Death was it? you know, Dr. Death and his dead game was at it against Watford on, on Saturday. <laughs> Apparently, Watford fans were saying... I can't believe this. Is this the five or six uh, player that's gone down with cramp? So about, yeah, he's back. So, in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's back. So um, yeah, and they had a lower XG than we did, didn't they? As well, for the really? scored, even though they won one nil. So that <laughs> that's, that, that's about right, isn't it? That sums it up, doesn't it? But well, they're uh, the yeah, <laughs> I know. But uh, I mean, I know people say say to Tony, "Open your wallet, man." You know, let them moss out. But do you? You know, is it better to be... I was having this discussion yesterday with uh, somebody. Is it better to be small and well-run and managed? Because I, I, my barber's a Charlton fan and talking about fans that are under the, you know, pressure, mm-hmm. they're looking at being sold again for the third time and they're just, you know... And they were playing Accrington yesterday and they couldn't beat them. You know, you know, we've got to look at, you know, hear about stories from other teams and their uh, lived experiences. You know, and I was saying to him, this last 10 years while we've been at New York, I said, yeah, we might, uh, you know, we've had, we've got two promotions, three years in the championship, and then yo, 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 yo. I said, and every year for those last 10 years, we've had something riding for those last, two, three months of the season. And it really has been a roller coaster. But, you know, um, we're not in, not paying the players, are we? We're not in, yeah, we're in a bit of debt, but not what's hundred and odd million, though some of them are. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, what 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 is the right way to run a club? Is it to sort of splash out? And and we have splashed out for us, haven't we? This January mm, yeah, transfer yeah, window. Or, or or do we play the slow but steady game? I don't know. I mean, we were bit in two thousand and eight and the year before that when we had our points destruction and have we learned from that that's how Tony came into the club mm. you know yeah. I mean I know he's a Yorkshire businessman and that has its own connotations in itself <laughs> you know but uh, is it serving as well who knows if we stay up this season hopefully hopefully, hopefully it shows it does um, yeah um, moving someone back onto Robin I'd make we got off the Preston game Tuesday. How do you feel in terms of our status in the league? I mean, I feel really confident and I don't think I've felt this in terms of survival. I don't think I've felt this confident about survival maybe since the days of Ronnie Moore at this level. You know, every, every time we even under Stevens kept us up, but it was tight. Neil Warnock, it was tight. We, I just feel like we're a couple of games away from it being done and we're sitting here early, mid, mid-March. I, do, I can't remember feeling so like we was just so close so early on in the season. We're no. feeling a really good place, even even having lost. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you. I think we're probably two two wins in a draw away from um, from 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 being safe. Um, but you know those those two wins are, are difficult to come by in this league. Mm. You know it, 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 it. But the reality is that yeah, I think. Like I said, two wins and a draw, and I, I'm, I'm with you. At this stage of the season, I can't remember feeling quite this optimistic at this stage of the championship season, or any other, for that matter. Uh, but we all know that this division can come and absolutely bite you on the backside, can't it? Oh, yeah. So um, we just got. We just once. I'll be happy once those points are in the bag. Happy mm. days, um, but. The things are all right at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Michael says, don't count your chickens yet. No, I mean, anybody that knows me, I'm no, one of the most pessimistic thing fans when it comes to Rotherham United in terms of what the worst that could possibly happen. But I just got confidence, Danny, that this team can pick these points up. I, I just have faith that Matt Till will get it done. It'll get it over, get us over the line relatively comfortable. I, I, how are you feeling about the rest of the season? <clears throat> well, I'm just um, doing my maths about our points per game at the minute um, to see whereabouts we are. But overall, I still feel confident about us staying up, if I'm being honest. Um, I d- like, like you say, it, it just seems different. You know, like you look at the track records of previous championship seasons and it's just a bit... You know, we're in a good place and the team looks good. It's just that, like we saw against Birmingham, there is a shoddy result still in us. Uh, But you also look at some of the magnitude of games. We've had some big games at home. You know, I I know it was one of the previous regime, but Reading at home, Blankburn at home, Sunderland at home. Uh, And then you have the teams at home that are out of form, like, for example, QPR, where we effectively didn't play that well, but still got at them enough to win. Away form's worrying. If I'm being honest, but when isn't it for us in the championship? But the difference is we seem to be much better at home. Um and yeah, I just have there's still that bit in my head that it's just like we still like I said, we still need to <clears throat> concentrate on what we're doing and pick up as many points as we can, but there's still that voice in my head going, But we're in a good position. 
you know, we're 20th and I don't want us to finish in a position starting with a 20, if I'm being honest. I'd rather be in the teens. Mm. Um, but you look at us, 20th, 40 points after 36, which is an average of just over one point a game. So, it's only 46. Uh, so, we're on course for just over 51 points as it stands at the minute, which is too bad, based on average. Um mm. And with that, you say we need five. Some people say we need five points to stay up. Probably, yeah. Um, but for me, I'd like to beat that forty-nine points that we had in fifteen, sixteen, so we can then say it is comfortable. But I think we are comfortable at the minute after a bad result. I mean, you know, everybody yeah, else right. lost. We're eight points away from the relegation zone. Um, we've got a two-point cushion on the team that's below us, which is then a six-point cushion from them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've got a nice little gap, but we can't be complacent with the gap. And that's what I mean by we need to keep on, keep the ball rolling, mm. if you like. But yeah, I'm maybe not quite as confident as you, Mike, if I'm being honest. But um, I'm going to say quietly confident that we can still push up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at we're really just looking at Blackpool because of points deduction, probably just looking at Blackpool. Their, their points per game takes them to 40 points, but we're on 40 points. They would have to significantly beat their current points per game to stay up. So that's that thing. That's why I, I I feel so confident. But we'll 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 see. We'll see. Let's move on to the Preston game because um, that's part of our survival bid. First of all, the referee is Steve Martin. This will be the fourth time he's refereed us this season. He refereed the Reading game at home, which we've also beat four nil. He refereed a loss, which I can't remember who the loss was to. To be honest with you, uh, Hull Hull at home four two loss to Hull. Um, and he also uh, refereed the last draw before the World Cup, the one one draw at Luton. And no major issues. I, th- I think he was poor in the in the whole game. He didn't give Tommy was a penalty after Tommy was being dragged down. Um, <laughs> main thing to note from Steve Martin is he wears the tightest fitting refereeing shirts you will ever see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look out for. He loves himself a little bit. Um, Joy, it's a big game. It's a home game, so it's a big game. But Preston, much like Coventry were, Preston are a proper team. You know they've got the faults, but they are a proper championship team. It's going to be a test, but as for me, I back us at home against nearly anybody. It's not going to be an easy game, I don't think at all, because they they've they went through a little bit of a blip recently that they've that they have now come out of, because uh, Ryan Lowe was under some uh, pressure, wasn't he, um, until a couple of games back, and then they've won two games back to back, I think. So it isn't going to be easy, and Preston never is. But I always seem to enjoy our games when we play Preston at the New York Stadium. Is that because yeah, you think of that playoff game every time? Well, that's one of my favourites <laughs> of all time at the New York. But um, yeah, they're, they're all good. Um, you know, I mean, that first season, the first home game we were back in two, the 2000, when we first came up with, when we came up in, is it? Yeah, 14 15 season. Our first home game was against Preston, wasn't it? And they'd just been relegated. Mm. And it was nil nil, wasn't it? So, yes. um, and it was a good game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're the, 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 the not easy games against Preston, but we also always, I'm not going to say always, but we're on the majority of the time, we seem to be on the positive side of the result, shall we say? Mm. Yeah, historically, yeah, they're not big scorers and they don't concede many. They've got, well, they've got three nil nils in the last five games. Um, they do. They scored, 30, scored only 32 goals this season, which makes them 
the third least scorers. Only Huddersfield and Wigan have scored less than them, but they've only considered 38, which makes them one of the best defensively. Um, the 12th, Mick, and I, I feel similar, again, similar to the Coventry game, uh, similar to a couple of other games. This, I think it's a good benchmark for us. Let's see where we are. You know, the season's not done. I, I know it's not done, but we need to be sort of seeing how we go against these these sort of teams. Because if if we look into the future, let's say next season, let's let's say all things being well, we we do survive. We need to know where we are in the championship next season. Are we, you know, capable of fighting against mid-table teams like Preston? Are we going to struggle against mid-table teams? Uh, it, it, it's a good test for us and and especially for Matt Taylor at this level as well. Yeah, it is. And, and Preston are a, a team or a club that we we should be aspiring to be like. Mm. Um, and that you know that's that's sort of the next step in our development as a as a football club for me. Um, you know, they went up into the championship with us. At some no, they stage. The season after us. Say again? They got the season after us. Was it the season after us? Sorry, apologies. Uh, but they stayed there, you know, and they've stayed there since. Uh, and have been pushing at, at times for those playoffs as well at, at some on, on some occasions. So um, they may have even made the playoffs. I can't remember. But um, but either way, it's a, it, the model that they have and the way the, the, the way that that club is. Uh, in terms of the league positions, not necessarily the way it's run, because there are other issues there, I think, as well, aren't there, um, financially? But um, that's obviously where we need to be aiming. So it's a good benchmark and um, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. And I'll take a point right now. I'll tell you now, I'll have a point. Uh, let's just keep that board ticking over. Um, but uh, three will be better. So, But it's not going to be easy. No, no, it's not all. Uh, John Morales says Preston are a better away team uh, than they are at home, aren't they? Proper hard, disgusting team to play against. Got to get your backside off to get something out of them. Uh, yes, yes, you absolutely do, Danny. What do you expect from us, from uh, from us, change wise? We change three, five, two during the game. Could you see a start and start change in formation, or do you think it'll be more likely to go back to the the four three three? Oh, God. Um, I've just had a look at Preston's stats and they don't, they haven't scored that many this season. I think they've only scored 32. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. The, the way the defence played against Birmingham, you could see a, a, maybe a little shuffle, potentially. You know, like maybe uh, Kyoso coming in for Harding or Peltier being pushed out a bit wider and maybe a Dauphin coming into the centre-back position, which I don't really want to see because, you know, a Dauphin's been more of your midfielder this season. Um, oh, I, I, this is one of the few games where I actually don't know. <laughs> I actually I actually don't know. This is one where I'm putting my faith in Matt Taylor to make the right call. And in my opinion, oh, Shelley's brought, brought up a yeah, very good point. Bring about- Black it into the back line and push Peltier out wider. That's a possibility. Maybe bring Kyoso in um, because we know Humphreys likes to have that confidence of a more senior defender next to him, whether he's played with Woods, Peltier, Morrison, Wright. Maybe potentially Black it as well. Um, well, yeah, I, I'd maybe bring Lindsay into the midfields. You know, he's not quite Ali Rathbun, but he's still the terrier that runs about. I mean, we said he didn't really do much against Birmingham. He still went in quite hard a few times, I think. So it just offers a little bit more bite in midfield. Um, I personally will bring Ferguson out of the front three. 
mm. if I'm being honest. Maybe bring, yeah, maybe bring, um, maybe Bramall in potentially. He was bad though when he came on. Yeah, but mm. Mm, what do you mean? Yeah, who else could play on the left side? Maybe have Fozu there, and then you have your more flat midfield three of Adolfi, Lindsay, and Coventry, and then Fozu mm. is your left your left sided outlet. Um, yeah, you could make changes for sure. You could make changes, but I don't know. Will Taylor try and shake it up massively, or will he hope it sticks and improves the way he's got it at the minute? Hmm. I suppose the thing, Joy, after the Coventry game, we we were we were poor, and we we had a lot of conversations about maybe this needs changing, that needs changing. He kept it very very similar, and we went and beat a very very good Sunderland team. I suppose it's important not to throw all the hard work out just because of one bad 45 minutes. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, and we, we've got to make sure, I mean, you know, relatively speaking, Matt Taylor's a novice at the championship level, isn't he? Mm. So he's learning as he goes along as well. And we, I don't think we should forget that. And he's not making a bad fist of it, in my view. Mm. Um I don't think there'll be that many changes. It wouldn't be surprise me if the team that starts is the team that ended up at Birmingham. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be brutally honest, you know, that wouldn't surprise me if we start off with the and go uh, with three at the back. Because mm. we seem to, you know, for whatever reason, and I, and I do think Blackett and Hard uh, Humphreys would uh, possibly work rather well together. Mm. I know we didn't see much of Blackett, but there was nothing there that sort of, you know, filled me with dread. And like I said, a few of the uh, passes out of defence were quite good, to be brutally honest. Yeah, they were. And that's something I I, I thought, make that it, it depends on Blackett's availability, really, in, in terms of fitness levels. How fit is he? But it allows you to put Peltier back on the right-hand side. And it allows you to take Wes out because I think Wes, maybe, maybe Wes needs time out of the game. Maybe, I don't know. But it does allow you to pick Peltier because Peltier was brilliant as a right back up until his injury. So it allows mm. that. He, he, he's okay at centre half, but he has issues, Peltier. So I think if Blackett can play 90 or even 60, 75 minutes, to be honest, we don't need to play the full game, does he? Mm. Um, but it just allows a bit more balance in the back four, assuming you go back four. Yeah. Peltier struggles positionally playing in the back four, in the centre of the back four. For me, um, so yeah, he needs to be out on that. He needs to be out on the right, but you'd, you'd hope to uh, that that uh, Kioso might get a look in as well. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think he will make some changes, um, and and I think it, 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 John's mentioned it in the comments. There, he needs to shore up that midfield. That's where the issue is. Oh, that was where the issue was the other day. Um, we'll we'll see. Conor Coventry may well be less ill by Tuesday, uh, and that may, might make a difference. So, and 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 Preston may well approach the game differently to the way that Birmingham did. I think a lot of the reasons we played so badly was because of the way that Birmingham approached the game and, and just nullified us. Preston may not treat us with the same respect um, as as Birmingham did. Um, you know, what fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see, but there'll be a couple of changes, I suspect. But where they'll be is, is anybody's guess. I, I can't see Georgie Kelly starting. No, I can't. I just can't see that happening. Um, so we'll see. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any injuries came through from Saturday. From Saturday, 
Uh, and I don't think anybody's due back either. Uh, Billy Wright, I think Billy Wright might be back for the weekend. I think that's unlikely. I think it's, it might be out for the for the quali well, qualifiers or whatever it is with Australia. So that's a, that's a shame for him. Keep an eye out for international call-ups. This most of them will be yeah. the coming week. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd expect one for Chio. Uh, Yeldon may get a youth call. I don't think he's in the in the senior setup, uh, but watch out for Yelda. And we all hope Victor gets one as well. We yeah, may, maybe uh, Fozum for Ghana if maybe they're for Ghana. playing as well. I did Matt Taylor not say to Paul Davis at the advertiser that he were expect they were expecting six international call-ups? Yeah, so you got you got Fergie and uh, Washington, Chio. I assume Yelda is a youth, youth, but I don't know. Um, that's all I've got. To, that, that, those maybe maybe, maybe Fozu. Maybe Fozu will push. That's five. Um, what else would there be? Billy Wright, obviously. Billy Wright, been, Billy Wright yeah. yeah. Mm. I didn't think Billy Wright had been called up for Australia for two years. He went to World Cup. Did he go? Uh, fair dues. I didn't yeah, think he had. Yeah. My understanding was that he'd, he'd not been uh, not been there since 2018. You might be thinking of Fozzo. I think I don't think Fozzo's been called up lately. Right. Ah, I think it's good. Be, it's got to be Victor. If Victor does not get a call up to the Sweden squad, then I'm sorry, but there's something something's not right. Because I cannot believe, for the life of me, that there are two better goalkeepers, Swedish goalkeepers, on this planet. I'm not having it. I'm just not wearing it. Uh, yeah, Fozzo hasn't played for Ghana since 2021. So yeah. I think he is unlikely to get a call up, mm. um, which obviously puts. Look, we'll see. We're yeah. going, we're going full Sweden kit if he gets a call up, though. Oh, yeah. Um, Big time. Absolutely. I've got, I've got the shirt upstairs ready. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of the youngest ones as well, isn't he, Victor? Mm. They're, they're, all the rest of them seem to sort of be in the late 20s mm. and 30s, mid 30s, mm, Swedish yeah. keepers. I, th I think the only the only one that's younger than Victor is um, Pontus Dahlberg, who was at Doncaster last season. Yeah, so if if that's who Victor has to contend with, I hope and pray the sea sense and call him up quickly. Yeah. Um, look, let's hope he gets a call up. He's under contract now, so if he gets a call up and has a storming game, there's another few million quid on price tag. Mm. Uh, I think we should start some sort of. Um, some sort of campaign to bombard the Swedish FA with emails and telephone calls <laughs> or some form of, I don't I'll, know, internet. We'll fork out 20 quid to ring Sweden up and go, now nah, they'll play our victor. <laughs> <laughs> emails are free. So, mm. Emails and tweets are free. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt Miller says Olsen is one of his, I think he's their first choice keeper. I think he's 37 and I think he's second or third choice at Aston Villa. Mm. Um, well, look, We've gone long as it is. Victor shouldn't have caught. Yes, he should. Uh, anyway, we're well, not now. If you have watched it from the Sweden FA, I don't know why you are. Welcome. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, and please call Victor Hansen to the National Squad because he deserves it. Uh, right, predictions for Preston. Mick? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Negative. Danny? <laughs> um... After the display against Birmingham, I'm happy we're nil nil. If I'm being honest, nil nil. Oh, Joy, is there any, any positivity coming from you? Okay, all right then. I'll go positive and I'll say because they don't score any, but then again, they don't let many in. Mm. Uh, two one to us. 
Don't like it. I'm going to go 2-0, nice and positive. I'm going to back the home form. <laughs> Preston. Michael Mill says, Preston, it must be a nine-goal thriller. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Do you remember Stoke last time we were in yeah. Championship? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah that, th- that three all was that well, that was the three all one. It was yeah. Oh, uh, nice game of season then on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Michael says one one. Dean Kelly two one. John Morell says nil nil. Kim Haywood one one. Harvey Kelwick two one. Carl Scott says two one. Josh Hinsliff is. I think he's going to keep saying this till he gets it right. Josh is saying one nil. Hugo penalty <laughs> top right ninety plus six. I think he says that every week. <laughs> I oh, that's that bit day where Overham get awarded a penalty after in the second no um, after eighty minutes. Yeah, well, I go back to Donny for that, won't you? Mm. Um Cowher says two one to the Millers. Ryan S says two one to Preston. Says they're underrated. Um, Andrew Kelly says if we win, I'm back on the Sambukas. Oh dear! Like on a Tuesday night, Andrew, very good. Um, <laughs> Shelley says one nil. Can see it being very tight, but think we will nick it. Hopefully so, and then we'll get hopefully a step close to uh, to safety, and then have Cardiff on Saturday before the break, or the final international break of the season. Uh, anything else we need to mention um, before we wrap it up? Um, Howard Webb says hello to everybody. By the way, because oh, did, um, did he did he did he have a moan at you about mixed moaning? No, he didn't actually. Uh, I described it to him as group therapy, us talking about <laughs> referees, and he actually agreed with me and uh, said he had a word with Keith Stroud after the Coventry game. I won't I won't repeat what he said, but just understand Howard knows. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and I really hope I really hope Howard did go to the Birmingham game because um he undenied about it whilst we were at the anniversary dinner. So I hope he went and I hope he saw Jeff Eltringham's uh, performance, um, but if not, oh well. I, I hope he sees um, Steve Martin's one. So yeah, so, so watching Howard. Hello. He's, he's got he's had his own problems today with VAR in the Premier League, so he's not got Rodney United to worry about at the minute. Oh, right. um, <laughs> Hopefully, he's here for the group therapy then. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. So thank you everybody for being with us. Please do subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done already. We will be back on. There'll be the instant reaction. It'll probably be up Wednesday morning after the Preston game, but we'll get that sorted out. Um, to hopefully, we'll have a win. Um, we'll back, and then we'll be back for the normal podcast Thursday evening on YouTube, 8 o'clock if you want to join us live, or Friday morning for the audio podcast. Please subscribe. And then I don't know what our plans are for the international break, but we will do something, probably. Could um, do something to do with the England stuff, but nah, we'll decide that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see who gets called up. See who gets called up. Um, yeah, Danny, thank you for being back with us. Yeah, we internet's held up perfectly today. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I try my best. Um, I've paid the coal bill, so the roof <laughs> is all right. <laughs> very good. Uh, Joy, it's been fantastic having you with us again. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, lads. Cheers, and Mick, a bit of a rant. Um, what we always like, what you're here for, isn't it? To be expected. Yeah, uh, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. And up the Millers, up the Millers. Bye. Wood's got around the back, and Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United, halfway back to the championship, is opening up! 
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.